Welcome to Scholastic Reads, our podcast about books, authors, and the joy and power of reading. I'm your host, Suzanne McCabe, Editor-at-Large at Scholastic. Thank you for joining us. Today, author Andrea Davis Pinckney and her husband, illustrator Brian Pinckney, join me to talk about their new picture book, Bright Brown Baby, A Treasury. Andrea and Brian have created dozens of acclaimed books for children, including Hand in Hand, Ten Black Men Who Changed America, Martin Rising, Requiem for a King, and illustrated biographies of Alvin Ailey, Duke Ellington, and Ella Fitzgerald. Andrea is also an executive editor and vice president at Scholastic. She wrote the libretto for an operatic adaptation of Ezra Jack Keats's 1962 classic, The Snowy Day, which had its world premiere at the Houston Grand Opera in December 2021. Here now are Andrea and Brian Pinckney. Hi, Andrea and Brian. Welcome back to the program. Thank you, Suzanne. It's great to be back. Great to be here, Suzanne. Tell us about your brand new book, Bright Brown Baby. Bright Brown Baby. It has a nice ring to it. A treasury. Um, A a treasury. treasury. Yes. So Bright Brown Baby is the kickoff to a a series, actually. Um, The treasury edition is filled with uh, poems, reflections from legendary leaders, and it is a baby's introduction to reading, to literacy. We know that from a time a child is born, it is never too early to share a book, to cuddle with a child and cuddle with storytelling. Andrea, could you read one of the poems aloud for us? Brown baby, born bright, Greet the world, spread your light. Sparkling eyes, blink hello. Bright brown baby, you will go up, over, around, and through. Child, we believe in you. Bright brown baby, yes we do. Little one, future bright, brown baby, all right. (laughs) (laughs) Andrea, it sounds like you could have spoken this to your children when they were little. Yes, we all love our bright brown babies. You know, all right, bright brown baby, we're saying. (laughs) That's great. And you mentioned you've chosen to include quotes. They come from Langston Hughes, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. How do you envision parents and caregivers weaving those quotes into the stories they tell their children and the love they bring to them? Well, it's never too early to instill wisdom in our little ones. And this is an opportunity for even babies to hear the inspirations of those who have come before and to incorporate them and to know that, you know, because of a great quote by Michelle Obama, because of knowing that Martin Luther King Jr. had a dream, they too can dream as they grow and become older. Brian, could you talk a little bit about the illustrations? They have a slightly different feel, I think, than Martin Rising, which is the last book you and I discussed together. No, that's a great question. So 
for this book, I knew I wanted bright colors. I knew I wanted to incorporate in my artwork this feeling of something I've heard nurturing and nesting, which I remember my children are very sensory. We're always holding them close to our hearts. And that's close to the heartbeat, which is a rhythm that I think parents and children create that's all that's unique to them. And I wanted that to be visual in my artwork. So I did it with color patterns. I did it with these little swirly rhythmic movement that you see that kind of embrace the children like they're, like they're being held. And in this loving embrace, the children and the parents are being held with that loving bond that they are creating. All right. That's the visual component. What about hearing the word spoken? So the other thing that we learned as parents is the power of the read aloud. Hearing stories read aloud has such a positive impact on the self-esteem of little ones. And we were very deliberate to bring a sense of musicality to the poems, to the rhymes, because that is a way to celebrate and honor the oral tradition that is is core to African-American storytelling. And then the other thing is that the board books that are part of the publishing program, the Bright Brown Baby publishing program, the board books are perfectly sized for shared lap time reading. And also board books are great for little toddler's hands. So immediately a little one can have feelings of, of book mastery because they're holding the book. So while your little one holds the book, you hold them and cuddle together and enjoy reading. You know, I always love to ask you both about your creative process as a couple, as a married couple. Tell me how that process worked on creating Bright Brown Baby and how you went back and forth with the writing and the illustrations. Well, I think one of the things that uh, we do very well is we respect each other's talent. And now when I think back on it, I can't remember what came first, the things that Andrea wrote or image that I would do, but we'd go back and forth, which with like just a black line and a brush, I would just draw these beautiful like parents and babies together. And then I would show them to Andrea and we'd lay them out and, and she would write kind of freeform what she saw. And then they would develop kind of from there. What a lot of folks don't know is that typically authors and illustrators don't meet each other. They don't collaborate in the traditional sense. So we've got a little bit of a different situation because we do share, you know, the same tube of toothpaste and box of cereal, and we share two bright brown babies, our son and our daughter. And so we made a very deliberate decision that, as always, we're going to continue to collaborate. And it was very important for us to, as Brian said so beautifully, really show the positivity of families together, of all complexions, races, faces, places, environments, and what that experience can be for so many who are presenting books to their their newborns and their toddlers for the first time. You're an incredibly gifted family. Brian, this makes me think of your dad, Jerry Pinckney, who passed away recently. He was such a towering figure in children's literature. Could you tell us a little bit about him and how he influenced your career? Well, my dad was amazing. He was an amazing father, influence in the art world. You know, he's illustrated over 100 books for young readers and children. He's won many Caldecotts and Caldecott honors. But growing up with him, he was present. He had a studio in our house. So I would always come home from school and visit him in his studio. And he would continue drawing while I was telling him about my day at school or my soccer game. And 
he would cheer me up after I told him how badly we lost. <laughs> and I'd watch him draw. And I learned basically by kind of doing what he did, you know, going back to my room where I had a little studio, my, which was a walk-in closet my mother made into a little studio for me. And my dad would let me use all his old art supplies. And I would make drawings and, and show it to him. And so sharing art was always something that we, we had in common. So watching him continue to you have such success with his artwork and his writing, as he got older and our, we both got older, we would just share our artistic processes. So it was very beautiful that way. That truly is beautiful, Brian. Andrea, what about you? Well, I think one of the things I always loved and really still love about the work of my, uh, I call him my father in love. He never allowed me to call him father in law. He said it sounded too formal. And so what I cherish about my father in love is that, his love. And, you know, Jerry Pinkney through his, his work really depicted not only African-Americans, people of color, in terms of representation. What Jerry Pinckney did was took it a step further, and he really illustrated the canon of the Black experience. And that really inspired so much of what we did with Bright Brown Baby, that it's experiential. It allows parents to really open that treasury and step into those pages and experience the joy and the gladness and the opportunity that a newborn or a toddler can have when they experience a book for the first time, when they see themselves beautifully reflected and depicted, and when they see so many experiences and um, ways in which families can enjoy their time together. What are you working on now, Brian? I'm working on a book that is a combination of my work and my dad's work. And I won't talk about the topic yet, but it is kind of a collaboration. Oh, my goodness. All right. You heard it here first. (laughs) Andrea, what about you? My new book, which I'm very excited about, is called Because of You, John Lewis. And it is the remarkable true story of a 10-year-old boy from Johnson City, Tennessee, Ty Bree Faw, who spoke at the funeral of... Congressman John Lewis, and the true story of their friendship. So I'm just really excited about that. And that's what's coming next. Fantastic. It's so important to continue the story of John Lewis for young people so that they know how much he overcame and how he led the way. You're also an editor at Scholastic, and readers are eagerly awaiting the upcoming picture book by Colin Kaepernick, I Color Myself Different. Tell us about the book and what it was like to work with Kaepernick. We are so excited about Colin's I Color Myself Different. So let me tell you how this all began. So Colin Kaepernick is an NFL Super Bowl quarterback, a civil rights crusader. And when young Colin was five years old, he was given a school assignment. And that was to draw a picture of yourself and your family. Well, Colin is a Black creator. And he is the child of white parents. He was adopted. And so there's young Colin, five years old with a brown crayon in his hand. And he proceeds to draw his family with their complexion and him with his own complexion, his beautiful brown hue. And just by doing that, he changed his whole world. He changed his worldview. He 
knew that he could celebrate his skin color and he started to fully embrace his black identity. So this is the story told in I Color Myself Different. It's that pivotal moment. This is Colin's debut picture book. It is just beautiful. It is an ode to black and brown lives based on this real event from Colin's childhood. Illustrator Eric Wilkerson does a wonderful job bringing visual importance and accessibility to Colin's storytelling. So it's it's just terrific. And I have to say, working with Colin has been an illuminating experience. And, and the reason for me is because Colin has taken literacy even further. He is the founder of the Know Your Rights Camps, which are advancing the liberation and well-being of, of Black and brown people through education self-empowerment, and, and books are part of that. So Colin, again, is expanding the canvas on what a, what a book can do. In 2020, Colin launched his own publishing concern, uh, Kaepernick Publishing, and that was to elevate you know, a new generation of writers and creators and empower the next generation of change leaders, which is what we're doing at Scholastic. So we have partnered with Colin on our shared publishing mission to reach kids through the power of story. And I color myself different is the first bold step in that direction. That's so thrilling. I mean, what a hero and how courageous he is. Speaking of I Color Myself Different, what trends do you see in children's literature that are broadening our understanding of the Black experience in America? Suzanne, it is a a golden moment right now. There is a welcome blossoming of Black stories and voices now in books for children, I'm especially encouraged by the expansion of formats. You know, everything from board books to graphic novels to humor to series. And along with this range of formats, we're seeing so much new talent come into the fold. More Black authors, more Black illustrators, more editors of color, book designers, more creatives, you know, Black creatives from a range of disciplines, you know, film animation, theater, sports, all telling their stories, each bringing their perspectives to to publishing. And as a result, what's happening is that we have this canon of Black literature, which is even more diverse by virtue of the formats, the voices, the increased exposure and excitement for, again, new, new people coming in. There's such an exploration now. And a good example is Little Heroes of Color, 50 Who Made a Difference. Um, This is a book we're really proud of. It is by Disney animator David Heredia. And David blends his comic sensibility with Black history. And again, he just makes Black history, Black stories fun, accessible, and engaging. So it's a new day. We've made some strides. We've got more to go. But there's so much robust things happening now and, and a lot of new and exciting talent and opportunity and formats. We always knew that if more people were just given an opportunity, the talent would shine through and paint a much fuller picture of life for children and for all of us. Thank you for being here, Andrea and Brian, and for your beautiful new book. Thank you, Suzanne. My great thanks again to Andrea and Brian Pinckney for joining me today. And thank you for listening. To learn more about their work, and about Scholastic's Share Black Stories campaign in honor of Black History Month, check the show notes or go to scholastic.com slash podcast. 
Special thanks to producer Bridget Benjamin, associate producer Constance Gibbs, sound engineer Daniel Jordan, and music composer Lucas Elliott Eberl. I'm Suzanne McCabe. We look forward to sharing more Scholastic Reads next time. 